Mom Freak Parent Podcast, episode 068. Your seat to chat about life, family, and of course, Uncle's McGee. I'm Sarah Dehenia, podcast host, writer, mom of three, wife, and total umphreak. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the show. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode, which featured a recap of the band's recent shows at Iroquois Amphitheater in Louisville, Kentucky on August 23rd. The Lawn at White River State Park in Indianapolis, Indiana on August 24th, and at Frey's Pavilion in Kettering, Ohio on August 25th. There is a link in the show notes where you can check that out if you have not yet. This week, we'll chat about the band's shows at Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire on August 29th. And their show at the Stone Pony in Ashbury Park, New Jersey on August 30th. And before we dive into all of that, I'd like to tell you about my sponsor, Swift Charge. Maybe you've heard of them or saw them at festivals sometime during this summer. I mentioned in my summer camp recap episode about how amazing it was to have their charger during the weekend. If you're not exactly sure what Swift Charge provides, you pre-order a charger and pick it up at the booth when you get to the festival. It suction cups right to the back of your phone and charges while you rage the show. The charger runs out of juice at any point during the weekend. You just take it back to their booth and switch it out for a fully charged new one. Unlimited charging the entire festival. And at the end of the festival, the charger you have is yours to keep. Take it home with you, recharge it, and then use it in your day-to-day life. I use mine when I'm running errands, I'm out with my kids, even when we're on road trips and we're in the car for a long time, we're using our phones for maps and shit, plug it right into there and you do not have to worry about your phone dying. I love everything about this, seriously. I use my Swift Charge charger at least once a day. Swift Charge will be providing portable charging Yes, this includes for your vape pen too at live music festivals throughout the rest of the summer and into the fall. There is a link to their site in the show notes where you can see a complete list of where they will be. And especially for my listeners, if you use promo code Sarah, S-A-R-A, at checkout when you pre-order a charger, you will receive 10% off. That is promo code Sarah, S-A-R-A at checkout, and you will receive 10% off. Also, I wanted to mention, if you're looking to get the word out about your shirts, pins, jewelry, prints, band that's going on tour, or small business that is looking to work with some like-minded folks, Um Freak Parents Podcast would love to help you get the word out. UPP is currently offering custom-made packages that will fit your specific needs and budget. Packages include ad time on the podcast, social media plugs, product reviews, and more. With hundreds of downloads per episode and about 50 new episodes a year, when you advertise with UPP, your ad will be heard by tons of fellow umfreaks, musicians, and other kind folks 
looking to purchase from you, work with you, and support their fellow um family. Email umfreakparentspodcast at gmail.com if you're interested in chatting more. All right, so let's get to this week's episode. August 29th, the band played at Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire. Umfreeze has played at this venue a total of seven times, including this show here, gracing the stage with their presence for the first time on July 18th, 2006, performing in New Hampshire one other time that was not at the Hampton Ballroom Casino, September 14th, 2011 at the Capitol Center for the Arts in Concord, New Hampshire. This evening would begin with North Route, seeing only two other plays this year, April 28th at the Riverfront Park in North Charleston, South Carolina, and on March 18th at the McDonald Theater in Eugene, Oregon, triumphantly marching right into Push the Pig. Some saying the Pig of the Year gets down to it slightly after four minutes, beginning to open for a few minutes later, rounding the corner and getting more intensity to it as it continues and then cruising right back into Push the Pig. Definitely a very nasty way to start the show. Resolution next. The first part of this jam, beginning to go out on its own grand adventure early on, slightly after two minutes, laying the path and allowing itself to really expand, coming back into the song a short time later. And when it goes back out again, I felt is that's the part that really made it a highlight from the evening. I did tuck this onto my 2019 Hall of Fame list to come back to. I just enjoyed the direction this one took, really getting its heels stuck into the jam slightly after six minutes, getting that thick sound from Stasic underneath this as it continues on, unfolding a few minutes later and dancing even further open, beginning to bring itself down, but keeping a little bit of that dance alive as it continues to walk away, picking up and bursting right the fuck open with Roctopus. So glad they dusted that one off last summer. Really like it a whole bunch. <laughs> Atmospheric coming out next. A nice little show gap from that last time we saw this one played live. 114 shows last seen June 2nd, 2018 at Mountain Music Festival. Beginning an interesting adventure slightly after four minutes that would carry it out to the end of the song. The first post waffle era 1348 coming out next. Jake giving Elliot the shout out during the plant seed light part, which I thought was pretty awesome. And I want to say quickly, I think that this whole thing with waffle leaving, um, I know that there are many opinions and thoughts about all of it. Um, I've definitely read, I, I want to say all of it. Um, but I just feel that this really shows how professional Umphreys McGee is a band and an entity, including the crew is. Um, the show must go on, as they say, and that's what they've done. And they've done it really well. And again, I want to shout out Elliot for the work that he's been doing. And also shout out to Louie, who I know has been sitting next to him um, if not all the nights of this run without Waffle, um, at least the nights that I saw shows, he was sitting right next to him helping. So awesome to see everybody, you know, band together and, you know, still make it work. I also felt inside of this 
jam that they were in some sort of way working through the situation themselves. I mean, we all know music is therapy. How many times I have and you listening have listened to something and it helped through a situation in your life. So there's no doubt. And I felt it a couple of times during this show specifically. There were parts of jams or lyrics or whatever. I felt that that's exactly what was going on there. And I felt that way during the Ocean Billy um, that we see later in the weekend in Utica. We'll get to that whole thing, that whole amazing Kitchen Billy thing. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. But the Utica show will be in next week's episode, so make sure you check that out. That 1348 continuing to dance on, and in about 10 minutes, it begins to shift and floats into sweetness. You can hear 1348 beginning to sneak back in the last few minutes before it fully explodes back out to close the first set. And I think this is a perfect example where, you know, I saw the set list on paper and I'm wondering, like, how that 1348 sweetness, 1348 is going to go. And then you listen to it and you're like, oh, that's fucking amazing. And this whole show, listening back at home, I felt was absolute fire and I was not there for it. Um, I read and talked to folks that were there and they all feel the same way. Some people thinking that this is the best of the four shows in the Northeast. Um, I haven't fully listened to the Stone Pony or the Huntington Beach show yet, so can't really form an opinion on that. But that's what some are saying. And, you know, it's not totally off. This is definitely up there in the best shows of the summer. The first set, I mean, come on. And then when they come back out to take us on another ride, this second set would just be a wonderful, incredibly meaty, just unbelievable all-in-time sandwich. Really sinking in a little after three and a half, getting this heaviness to it as it soldiers on, resonating out for a little bit, but coming back down to earth for a little bit again before getting that confidence behind it, Building and breaking right through with 13 days. Red tape knocks that contained, as noted on the set list, a big stew. Well, this beefy as fuck stew, I think, was my favorite part of the whole evening when I was listening back. In case you haven't noticed, I'm all about the feels in the jam and This one, settling comfortably about five minutes, it really puts the brakes on, coming out hot from that red tape, and takes it a totally different path. I will admit, I have listened to just this part of this song more than a few times. (laughs) Just getting captured and engulfed inside of it. I don't know. Just listen to this red tape. I mean, honestly, I'm talking right now and I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. It's just so good. Even like my husband will come home from work, you know, ask me how my day was or whatever. And if I worked on a show that day, I'll talk about it. And I could not talk enough about this red tape. Definitely put it on my Hall of Fame list to come back to. Will not be forgetting about this one anytime soon. Fucking love that tune anyways. 
But like I said, that jam inside of it, I'm very excited to see if something comes out of it. Just definitely give that a listen. And if that was not enough, Wappy coming out next, which we all know is going to be an adventure anyways. But this one I was hearing was pretty killer the morning after the show. And, you know, after that red tape that came before, I'm definitely intrigued where we're going to be taking this one. They drop deep right in slightly before four and a half and just goes off. Fucking dance party. Toying with the idea of Wappy, schizophrenically about 10 minutes, almost fighting with itself for a minute, Jekyll and Hyde style, falling all apart and ominously building back into Wappy. Wow. Wow. Definitely give that one a listen as well. Then they stomp right into Alex's house. Joel mentioning Waffle not being there. This being the first show since the official resignation. And he mentions a moment of darkness for him before they go into Slacker. And at the surface of this, you would think that... Slacker was kind of a dig at Waffle, but the part um, of this song, the lyrics are, um, I've always done what they asked of me, and then, you know, on from there. I felt that Bayless was singing some extra feeling behind that. Again, like I mentioned um, earlier, I just felt during the show that they were kind of working through all the emotions of you know, having to find somebody new to work for them. I mean, I'm sure that's not a fun, easy process. So, you know, all of the emotions that are coming with this change to their touring family, um, you know, they're trying to work through that. Bayless handing it over to Joel after listening, listing all of his accomplishments that include, but are not limited to, author, father, world traveler, avid golfer, and little did we know, style icon, (laughs) bringing that slacker back home and carrying it right into an always perfect set ending tail end of all in time, teasing a little the spirit of radio by Rush in there as well before fully bringing it back home to bring that absolutely amazing set to a close. Encore for the evening, a track from the Zonky album, Come As Your Kids, a mashup of the Nirvana tune, Come As You Are, Kids by MGMT, and You Spin Me Round Like a Record by Dead or Alive, a bust out for sure 313 show gap, last played April 16th, 2016 at Wani Music Festival. That will bring us to the last show we'll talk about in this week's episode, August 30th at the Stone Pony in Ashbury Park, New Jersey. There were rumors about this being Umphrey's last time playing this venue. Apparently, there were talks about tearing down the outdoor stage to make room for more condos on the beach, leaving only the 
iconic small indoor venue, which I believe way back in the day, Bruce Springsteen may have played there. Um, well, according to Joel on Twitter, after the Stone Pony show, the teardown will not be happening yet, and the band will most likely be playing there again next summer. So that's great news for people that love going to that venue. Um, we were able to check it out last year, and while it's not a venue, um, you know, worth writing home about, Umphreys does have a long history of throwing it down there, so I'm glad that we were able to see them on that stage at least once. Umphreys has played at the Stone Pony nine times, including this time here. I want to mention that when I was working on this show, um, on all things Umphreys, the venue is listed differently for this show. It's listed as Stone Pony Outdoors, while the other eight shows are listed as Stone Pony Summer Stage. Um, I did ask about that on Twitter to verify that it was, in fact, the same venue. It is. Um, it's a mistake on all things Umphreys' part. So at this point, maybe it's fixed. I'm not sure. Um, but in case you're looking at the stats and trying to figure it out and it's not adding up correctly... That could be the reason why. The, the band has played on this stage, as I said, nine times. The first time was August 7th, 2010, and they've played every year since except 2013. And knowing that Ryan will be writing the set list for this show anyways because of it being the stone pony um but when you see the set list there's no doubt that he had a hand in this opening with unsung hero an intro walkout tune whatever i really really like this one cat shot is another one that i really like but this unsung hero it's i don't know it gets me every time it just makes me tear up i love this one this one I can actually remember which one it is. This one in Cat Shot. The other ones I have a little bit of a hard time um, keeping them straight, honestly. Um, Unsung Hero debuted earlier this year at summer camp on Sunday. The set opened with this one. I was there for that debut, and it was right before my interview with Waffle, so... Maybe that has something to do with the feels that I have behind it. This one has been played four times this year during the Red Rocks run on the 22nd of June and also at Camp Bisco on July 20th. Go to Hell rearing its head assertively next, seen only one other time this year, February 23rd at the Fillmore in Detroit, followed by Ride on Pony. The flow from Go to Hell um, to ride on pony being a clue that it's a Stasic set list if you did not know the fun fact about the Stone Pony shows. And, of course, ride on pony being the next more obvious clue. Cut off next, another one seen only one other time this year, March 7th at the Midtown Ballroom in Bend, Oregon. I actually voted for a version of Cut Off on my 2018 Hall of Fame list from February 17th in Asheville, Check that one out if you haven't. This version here embarks on what the setlist describes as a dance stew, about five minutes, but not really getting very comfortable until about seven and a half. And then it really starts to open up, dancing on for a few minutes, forcefully pivoting the corner about 11 minutes and showing its angrier side, trudging along for just a little bit before coming down and... I envisioned floating through this mysterious fog, bursting through and keeping that ballsy vibe going 
and then going into eat played only one other time this year as well at the palace theater on february 1st part of the delaney set list and if you don't know what i'm talking about delaney is the almost nine-year-old daughter of dave and beth levine you may know dave from taking all of those amazing umphreys photos we see and his wonderful, amazing wife, Beth, is the editor of those photos. Anyway, they took their daughter to the show in Albany, and she had some songs that she wanted to hear that evening. She had them written on her little list, and she gave them to Bayless prior to the show. And they played all but one of them. That is pretty freaking amazing. I talk all about that in the Albany Show recap, episode 36. I will link it in the show notes so you can listen to it if you'd like. Um, This eat really sinks in about four minutes, and then it starts out riding this emotional roller coaster for the next four minutes or so, coming to settle into a sensual reggae vibe for a couple of minutes, beginning to really get some energy to explode out one more time. The Lanier which would come out next, beginning to peak slightly underneath thanks to Stasic after 12 minutes while still inside of that eat, coming fully out about a minute later, adventuring out about four minutes, expanding fully as it soars out, stomping its way full of attitude out of the song and emerging very appropriately as Hangover. A huge bust out next, Muff to the Revenge, not played since January 29th, 2017 at the Anthology in Rochester, New York. I was at that show, and it was also a part of the little Jakeless tour in the Northeast that January because he was sick with the flu. Um, that whole show definitely gave me a new look at the band, you know, not having Jake there and then having Joshua Redman play on a bunch of songs. If you haven't listened to that show or you weren't at any of those uh, little run, I think there were like four shows he wasn't at, definitely listen to them. I'll link that January 29th show in the show notes. You know, it definitely gives you a different perspective. Everybody's playing in a different way because Jake is not there. Um, it's it's definitely very interesting and, and you'll hear different parts of the songs that, you know, you don't normally hear because they're played differently. So Definitely uh, give at least that January 29th show a listen if you if you haven't listened. And the set would close with the always beautiful Glory. Set two would open with Little Gift. And I've mentioned in the past that I am not really a fan of this song. But the more that they stretch it and see what it's really capable of, I'm really starting to like it more. One version that I really like from earlier in the year uh, from March 23rd at the Masonic Auditorium in Cleveland, Ohio. Definitely check that one out if you have not. This little gift is also a lot of fun. Wandering off for a couple of minutes and coming back to reality about 10 minutes when it starts to confidently build itself all back together, not soaring off keeping itself grounded, and then deciding to get up and dance into It Doesn't Matter, sinking in about six minutes, and I cannot for the life of me place what it is that they're teasing here. At the time of me working on this show, there was nothing listed on the All Things Umphreys website 
Um, I was kind of thinking that maybe it was a Michael McDonald song, but I'm not sure. Um, so whoever's listening knows, please shoot me a message on Facebook, Twitter, an email, um, and tell me, because I'm definitely curious how you can reach out to the show is in the show notes. Sondering back into It Doesn't Matter about four minutes later. Domino Theory next. This one lyrically is not my favorite song (laughs) at all. But another one that Where They Take the Jam totally makes it up for me. This one starting its trek out into the unknown about three minutes. Enjoying its time out in the wild for a few minutes and coming back into Domino Theory aggressively about four minutes later. Example one next, going on an uplifting journey about four minutes, changing its mind a little bit later to dance a little more evenly, slamming back into example one. Educated guess next, not surprised to see this on the set list. Bayless, if you did not know, wrote this song about Stasic. Apparently there is a story about Ryan who took some Ambien and then stayed awake. So this song is based on that whole experience. And now that you know that, listen more closely to the words of the song the next time they play that. Haji next, followed by End of the Road, and closing the second set with a cover of the Tool song 46 and 2, Also, not surprised to see this on the set list. Ryan is a huge Tool fan, and I believe the day of this show, or the day before, right around this, was the much-anticipated release date of the new album from Tool, so that obviously had something to do with it as well. This cover done a total of 11 times had not been played since this past December 15th at the Holiday Show. The evening would fully come to an end with an encore of only one song. The set list had question marks on it originally in the encore spot, but they decided to go with a standalone puppet string to close out the night at the Stone Pony. Well, that's everything I have for this week's episode of the show. Anything referenced throughout this episode, including the set list for the shows discussed, as well as where you can listen to them, can be found in the show notes. If you have any questions or comments about anything talked about in this show or any other episode, please feel free to reach out. I love hearing from you guys, so please don't hesitate to contact the show. How you can do that is in the show notes as well. And thank you again so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Much obliged.